0: need that children you can be dismissed at this time to, to head out if you have a bible let me encourage you to uh, to join me in psalm chapter number 40 psalm chapter number 40 aaron reached out to me i forget what day it was and just said uh, the lord had impressed upon him to have a special and specific time of prayer in the service I think that was on wednesday maybe on tuesday i had met with the pastors and said i just i feel like the lord's leading me a little bit of a different direction and uh, i think he confirmed it uh, throughout the week and so i uh just want to talk about when life gets messy Uh, This past year and a half has brought uh, a level of unprecedented hurt Anger disappointment discouragement frustration uh, accusation death division Brought a lot of pain to many people's lives my guess is there's not anybody in here who has not been affected in some way uh, over the last 18 months you know, I think it's it's very easy sometimes to point at COVID as the source of all of these problems. But I would love for us to consider just stepping back and, and asking, maybe COVID's not the source of our problems, maybe COVID has exposed and revealed some of the problems that we have pushed aside and ignored. And we can't ignore it any Things in our nation things in our families things as individuals things in our church Is not just this church, but churches I think although most of us really don't want to admit it and i'm at the top of this list I don't want to admit this. I think the greatest problem each of us face is that our hearts struggle to daily Completely Love the lord completely trust the lord and completely surrender to the lord i don't know about you but i i know i struggle to do that as much as as much as i would love to stand up here as a pastor and say "Uh, that's not true but man it's yesterday we got the phone call that mrs phyllis gokenauer had had gone to heaven and ran over there and got to spend some time with with the family and and, and and please don't take this the wrong way, but in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, more loss. And Becky's sitting here this morning. Her husband, we just had his funeral on Tuesday. Aaron, I, I, Aaron's in the back last Saturday that her earthly, uh, in an earthly Goodbye in the memorial service to our father 20, 23 different funerals in the past month and the um, past year and a half that i've led not including how many i've attended a lot of A lot of loss and, and, and even as we as a church family sometimes try to step in to help people and we we sit with them and pray with them And love them and read scripture with them I want to remind each of us that when we do those things, and we should We have got to point them to the only one That can bring true healing And and it's so such an easy thing sometimes to say keep your eyes on jesus It's easy to say that because we know it's the right thing to do It's easy to say that because we we really believe it Has there ever been a time in your life? Are you wanted to look to Jesus and you just couldn't see him? It just seemed like no matter how hard you tried. I, I went up to Mount Zion like I normally do to go pray. I went up there on Tuesday of this week and I'm walking around and it was a cloudy day. And I, I reached this point on the gravel. Drive where I I love to just kind of stop and I The sky was cloudy, but you could it was the clouds were thin enough where you could see the sphere of the sun Meaning like you knew exactly where the sun was, but you couldn't actually see the sun and so I I was just kind of just pouring my heart out to the lord with, with with some areas that i'm personally just me personally struggling and And I stopped and I raised my hands to the heavens and i'm like lord that sun Behind the clouds. That's how I feel right now with you I know you're there, but I can't see you and i'm like, would you just show me give me a sign Would you for me would you part those clouds right in front of the sun just let the sun just shine And I know you're not going to believe this I know you won't I know you won't believe this But while I was standing there with my hands raised up to heaven asking the lord to part those clouds so I could see the sun Nothing happened (laughs) Like you did it for moses (laughs) The sun stood still for joshua i'm just asking like give me a peek, you know and uh nothing So the next morning i'm sitting at my kitchen table early in the morning doing my devotions and uh duane painter Texted me two words duane is the pastor uh, At a church down here in newport, and he just said good morning But he sent me a picture and the picture was from mount zion because he knows I like to go pray there I wasn't planning to go there on uh, wednesday at all but I since he was since he had sent me a picture. I'm like, well, I'm gonna just swing by and see if he's there It's on my way into the church And so I I pulled up into uh into the parking lot of Mount Zion on Wednesday morning And it was empty so he was not there and I was just about to swing around and pull off, And I was uh, the lord just kind of I don't know. He didn't prompt me. That was just my own stupid my, It was just my own decision I'm not gonna try to tell, tell you that but I just said i'm just gonna drive through Slowly and so I drove and i'm, I'm kind of praying and as I turned like there were it seemed like there were no clouds in the sky and the sun was out and I was like lord I asked you for that yesterday And you didn't like and today look, look at you could have just just yesterday if you would have done this yesterday it Would have been a sign for me, but today it's nothing. I bet there's not even a cloud in the sky And as I said that I looked down and I The sun shone bright in my eyes and I had to look away immediately and in that moment the Lord spoke to my spirit so clearly. Brian, you can't look at the sun without the clouds in front of you. And it was, it was in that moment I just, just stopped the car and I said thank you for the clouds. Because without the clouds in my life I know I wouldn't be pursuing God The way I am And I just just paused and just thought like how many times in my life when things go great Do I stop and look for God like where's God in all this like it's not 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 a lot to be honest with you But when 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 hard moments when hard times when struggles come into my life I am I am searching where is God in this? God, what are you going to do through this? And honestly, there are, there are moments where you just feel like you're talking to God, but he's not there. And, and, and my mind ran, and I didn't ask you to turn to, to Exodus, but I want to just show you. There was, there was a time where at the end of Exodus chapter 2, the people of God are crying out for God. And it, and it actually says that he heard them. If you... If I can read this, it says the people of Israel groaned because of their slavery, and they cried out for help. Their cry for rescue from slavery came up to God, and God heard their groaning. So He heard them, and remembered His covenant. Now, the word "remembered" doesn't mean God forgot. And then He remembered. The word "remembered" means He went, He put, He He went into action based on. So He, because of the covenant that He had already made, He started to do something. God saw and God knew But if you were to read the very next verses in chapter number three What you'll find is that while the nation of israel cries out to god and god hears them. He doesn't respond to them He goes to the wilderness And through a burning bush begins to talk to moses Now if i'm these people And i'm crying out I don't see God moving. I don't see God doing a thing. I don't see God responding to me But he is He's going to get the man who's not just going to lead them out of slavery but into the promised land Which means it's so important for us to keep in mind that that just because we don't see God working It doesn't mean he isn't And just because I don't know what God is doing. It doesn't mean he's doing nothing God's always up to something Because when we step back and we look at the scripture as a whole we see god always in motion But see we get to see the backside of the story that israel didn't did not A few months ago, I purchased this book. It's called therefore I have hope it's about a grief It's written by a pastor who unexpectedly lost his three-year-old son And the book is just his journey of raw grief But I don't believe i've read a book about grief that's been more christ-centered than than this book and And this this week, I just happened to go grab it off the bookshelf in in my in my office And I, I was just looking for something to to encourage my own heart and I, I opened it up to Just flipping it through. I opened it up to the start of the chapter and it was the first two verses of psalm chapter number 40 and in those verses of psalm 40, david finds himself in a pit that he cannot get out of The messy pit But god reaches down and saves him And this this pastor what what he wrote in in this portion It's it's right here on the next page that I had highlighted. I, I wrote this how he wrote in the days and weeks to follow the loss of our son I came to realize that my only hope was for god to scoop me into his arms And to lift me off the mat of my misery My only hope was the rescue of god God didn't come to earth in the person of jesus christ because we needed a little help He came because we his people were drowning in the turbulent waters in our sin And man that just spoke to my heart I sat down and my desk and I grabbed my bible and I went to psalm 40 and I read through the whole chapter And as I was reading it the lord very clearly said and that's What I want you to share with the church So if you look at the first couple of verses of psalm chapter 40 You might Be able to relate Where david says that he is Because I have no doubt that there's people here today who feel hopeless Who feel stuck And maybe you don't feel hopeless, but you don't feel hopeful Look at what david says Psalm chapter 40 says I waited patiently for the lord He inclined to me and heard my cry He drew me up from the pit of destruction out of the miry bog and set my feet upon a rock Making my steps secure he put a new song in my mouth a song of praise to our god and many will see and fear and put their trust In the lord now, let me just i'm basically going to stay on these these three verses and then we're going to read a Bit more in, in just a moment, but I just want to want to point out david's condition first If you read these verses it says he was cr- Crying hear heard my cry He was in a pit A miry bog which is a mess just like swamp if you could think through that And david doesn't tell us exactly why Uh, Many people speculate it could be because he's on the run from enemies like we know that david spent much of his time doing Some people would say it's because of his own sin and he he found found himself in the pit of his own sin or others It may just be an emotionally emotionally stressful time in his life where he felt he was stuck and 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 one commentator that I, I studied, he wrote, maybe God wasn't specific about what put David in the pit so we could apply it to our lives in a general way. Because I'm gonna guess that some of you feel trapped in a pit. Alone. Rejected. Forgotten. Some even put in a pit by others like joseph of the old testament whose own brothers The ones that should have loved him disposed of him Some of us may be in a pit that we've dug for ourselves through our own sin But whether it's a pit of suffering or a pit of fa- a failure or a pit of fear or a pit of despair What these verses show us? Is that there's deliverance. We don't have to stay in the pit. No matter what reason we're in the pit, we don't have to stay there. Because David talks about being brought out of the pit, but before he's brought out of the pit, we, we have to look at his reaction because we see what David did to get himself out of the pit. In the first few words, I waited. Patiently for the lord Some translations would say I waited intently From the original language this could actually it could actually be translated. I waited while waiting If I were to write psalm 40 It would it would probably read I waited Impatiently for the lord Because that's who I am Like I I have this tendency to take my concerns to the lord and stand there while he fixes them like Move the cloud so I could see the sun (laughs) Like i've got a problem and I want god to, to fix it right right then So I go to prayer and I and in prayer I tell god my problem and and I sometimes even tell him how to fix it But I definitely tell god my problem but See the issue is when we go to prayer And we bring god our problems we're not actually informing him of anything When my car needs to be repaired I drop it off at the auto mechanic shop I tell him what's wrong and he looks to fix it and diagnoses it You know when I go to god in prayer, i'm not going to tell him what's wrong He already knows and i'm not telling him how to fix it. He already knows So why do I go to God in prayer? To remind me what my job is. My job when I'm in the pit is not to scratch my way out. Not to be like the little mice that were put in a thing of Milk and they churned it and churned it and churned it so much that they walked out on a vat of butter Right. That sounds really good. It doesn't work for my pit though But what what david did is is his work was Waiting It doesn't mean he went to god in prayer and then said all right I'll just wait. No, no, no The idea of while waiting, I waited was I am going to trust in your salvation alone. I'm not going to trust in my salvation alone. And when we're in a pit, what we have to understand is we're not going to claw ourselves out of our pit. But our job is also not to just pray to God and say, stop. Our job is to bring our requests to God to know that he is the only one that's going to bring me out of the pit. But I'm going to go on and do today what I'm supposed to do today waiting on him to bring me out of the pit no one wants to be in a pit but sometimes the greatest work of our lives is to wait for his deliverance from the pit we see david's condition was in the pit His his reaction was that he had to wait and then then salvation comes right and And David's part in all of this was just to wait on the Lord, but with an expectancy. And David describes his salvation by what God did, and I I really do love this. God inclined. I love the fact that he he leaned in. I just I love that. Don't you think when you smell something bad, isn't your first reaction to back up like whoa? When God. Here's our mess. He goes whoa And he leans into it he hears He draws He sets his feet on the rock. He made david's steps secure and god put a new song in his mouth Now I would guess 90 to 99 percent of the people in this room when it comes to salvation like we get that we know that salvation is God's work. We cannot save ourselves. We know that. And maybe, you're, maybe you don't struggle with this, but you know what I struggle with is once I know God's saved me, then I sometimes feel like, well, since God did his part, now I have to do my part. We have to be careful here because there is a definite surrender that accompanies salvation. I follow Jesus. But if we're not careful, our obedience in following Jesus becomes a badge of honor about us. But he didn't save me so that I can receive glory. He saved me that we could see his glory. We do that by obediently following Jesus, not because we are great, but because he is great, because he did it all. But then you, you get to hear David's song. It says he, he says, put a new song in my mouth. So once David was saying, there's the, the proclamation, there's the song. And David was so moved by God's actions, he began to sing. But here's the thing, he didn't sing his song. God put a song in his mouth. It was God's song. Sometimes we aren't careful about what we say, and, and, and it's sometimes very easy when we feel like we've been brought out of a pit to talk about it. Hey, let me tell you why self-help does this a lot. It's not about what we have accomplished. It's all about what Christ has accomplished. But here's the thing. People began to trust in the Lord as a result of the song song. But it doesn't say anybody heard the song It says they See You know how there's people who could sing A beautiful melody of praise songs And then there's people who praise And you know how you can tell the difference Not by closing your eyes and listening to who sings best But by looking at this countenance right here because there are people when they sing And sometimes it doesn't show up at all that what they're singing about matters But then there's some people who sing and you're like they mean it Oh there there's praise there that's important because of the result is people trusting in God. And so when, when people see believers who are navigating the most difficult trying moments of their life with grace and faith, it shows the song of trust in God. And our community has so clearly seen that in the life of Mrs. Kara Wynnum. Back in February when Kara's husband, Nick, was was. in the line of duty unexpectedly and the way that lady has just exuded grace upon grace upon grace. I promise you, people may not be hearing what Kara says, but they're watching her life and many are seeing how good her God is. So what type of song is your life singing? Now I want to conclude by By showing with the beauty of jesus in this song Like you look at it and you don't really See jesus you see the lord and Jesus is the lord, but where's where's jesus? <laughs> yeah, think about what what david just described happened. He was in a pit right a pit we're all in a pit every person that's ever been born is destined for a pit because of what sin does we have we're born with a sin nature what that means is we sin naturally no one has to teach me to sin i do it naturally and sin is a separation from god but that separation from god is is an eternal separation in a pit And you know what Jesus does about that pit we find ourselves in? Man, he doesn't just like lend a hand and say, let me help you out. He gets messy. He climbs into the pit. And pushes those who trust in him out of the pit. And takes our place. Like it's, it's, not just a, it's not just a helping hand. So many people in life, we try to climb ourselves out of the, the pit of, of, of sin. We, we try to do good things and get out of the pit ourselves, but there's no way we're going to climb out of the eternal pit that we are destined for. The only way out of the pit of hell is to realize Jesus went there for you and will lead you out if you trust and surrender to him. I love that Jesus is a God who, he doesn't just pull his people out of the pit, he takes our place in the pit, and and so we're out of the pit of sin, and so he, he is in the pit of hell, and he suffers the pit of death and the grave. But because Jesus is God, ain't no pit gonna hold him. He walks right out. That's our God He doesn't leave you in the pit He takes your place In the pit I was reading the gospel of Mark this week And Jesus, it says how Jesus was moved With compassion and he touched a leper Like you gotta, that's crazy Jesus could speak And heal the leper He touches him You know why? He ain't afraid of a mess He's not afraid of your mess He's not afraid of my mess. He's not afraid of any mess. Jesus gets messy. But he also brings healing because he took that man's leprosy upon himself. And because he's God, he could bring healing to that man. Jesus, he doesn't just enter our brokenness because we kind of need some help. He enters our mess because without him, we have no hope. That's our Jesus. I mentioned earlier the pastor that this book I read, and he he wrote this statement. He said, not long after losing his child, someone walked up to him who had also lost a child and said, Don't try to figure out what you're gonna do for the next couple months or weeks or even days. I promise you that all you can do is get up in the morning and ask God for enough grace to survive until lunchtime. And then from lunchtime to bedtime. And from bedtime till tomorrow morning. But I assure you, he said, God's grace is always there just in the moment it's needed. It's a principle that runs throughout scripture right like lamentation says his mercies are new every morning Jesus says pray for daily bread and when when he fed the israelites in the wilderness It was a manna that they collected daily and they couldn't couldn't gather more and you say like why Why can't why can't I just have enough to to know that i'm going to be fine? (laughs) It would be so nice wouldn't it? We we really work hard at that sometimes and we try to whether it's our, our money or, or, or whether it's, it's retirement or whether it's just a collection of Of things we we try to bring Bring as much as we can so that that we know we're going to be safe for the for the long haul But one reason why we get mercy for each day and that and says and jesus says his grace is sufficient It's enough. It's not like Enough forever, but it's enough for what you're going through in that moment. His grace is sufficient And one reason why god daily cares for our needs is to remind us that he is god and we are not Because when we start thinking about tomorrow or or maybe what's going to happen in the world to come or 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 how am I going to make it a month from now or what's the rest of my life going to be now that this is upon me We start to assume a role that only god can Can handle, and we cannot carry that type of weight or burden, but He can. We get worried and we get overwhelmed, we get depressed. We turn to alcohol or drugs, or we busy ourselves, or we go shopping, or we we go eating because we're we're trying to run. We, We can't handle the burdens that we've brought upon ourselves. But David, remember what He did. He waited patiently but expectantly I'm not going to stop living my life I'm not going to quit trying but I know my only salvation is going to come from God and and, and the same assurance is given from Christ in Matthew chapter number 6 let me read these verses to you just listen as he's speaking the sermon on the Mount, and imagine Christ is telling this to you right now in your situation Which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour span to to a span of life? Why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory, think of the robes of Solomon, the royal robes, was not arrayed like a, a lily of the field. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven Will he not much more clothe you? O you not of great faith (laughs) That's what I love. He'll take care of us the ones with little faith Therefore do not be anxious saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what are we going to wear? And aren't those questions that sometimes fill our minds? For the Gentiles seek after those things and your heavenly Father, he knows that you need them all, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things, all those things we worry about, they'll be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow. For tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Don't worry about tomorrow. We're going to have our own problems tomorrow. Today. He will give you grace for today. He's going to give you grace for tomorrow. Tomorrow. Because sufficient for each day is its own trouble. I love the fact that when David is pulled out of that pit, and he understands it's God that he, he says, and he put my feet on a rock. Oh, who, who's called the rock of our salvation? So you're saying Jesus gets into the pit with us and he takes our place, but he's also there. He's the one that we're placed upon because he's the rock of our salvation. Yeah. And then he says, My steps are secure, they're measured. Because jesus not only gets into the pit and He not only becomes the rock of our salvation But the gift of jesus is the spirit of god that lives within us that will guide us That will direct us that will empower us that will comfort us And that will remind believers. Hey, hey your story fits In god's story And we know How God's story ends Your story Fits in his story And we know How his story ends With redemption The sufferings of this present world Are not worth to be compared to the glories to come Hey, Christian, don't be surprised when the world hates you. They hated him first, and he said, we're following. We will find enough grace for today. But we got to know where to look for the grace. Got to remind ourselves of the grace. So if I can encourage you, I don't know if you feel like you're in a pit, Maybe you do, maybe you don't. If you're in this, you're still in a pit, wait with confidence. Meaning go on. Go, go on. Becky, go on. He's the only one that can deliver you from your worries, but he will be there for you. Aaron you wake up tomorrow and you do what you need to do tomorrow because tomorrow grace awaits you it will be waiting for you to sustain you through whatever you face tomorrow you're in the pit wait with confidence if you can't see God look for his evidence couldn't see the sun you know how I knew the sun was there? Cuz it was warm and it was light. Couldn't see it, but the evidence was there. Sometimes you can't see God, you feel like it. Man, you know what he gives us creation to remind us of his glory? He gives us loved ones to embrace us. The kindness of strangers, the generosity of people. All evidences that your good God is very much aware of what you need. If you're worried about tomorrow, let God care for that burden. And if you've received salvation, may the song of God be in your mouth. What is the song of God? Well, let me just read you the rest of Psalm chapter 40. Verse 4 says, Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust. Who does not turn to the proud, to those who go astray after a lie? You have multiplied, O oh Lord my God, your wondrous deeds and your thoughts towards us. None can compare with you. I will proclaim and tell them. Yet they are more than can be told in sacrifice and in offering you have not delighted. But you have, been, but you have given me an open ear, burnt offering, and sin offering you have not required. Then I said, behold, I have come. In the scroll of the book It is written of me I delight to do your will O my lord Your law is within my heart I have told the glad news Of deliverance in the great congregation Behold I have not restrained my lips As you know O lord I have not hidden your deliverance within my heart I have spoken of your faithfulness And your salvation I have not concealed your steadfast love And your faithfulness From the great congregation You see This song is not a song to sing. It's a song to live. Live the song of salvation to our God. But you'll only live it if you know Jesus as your Savior. You'll only know it if you surrender to Jesus as your Lord. And you may be here today feeling like you're in a pit and trying to prove to God that you're worth saving. Hey, my last thought. Jesus doesn't save you because you're good. He saves you because he's good. He's our only hope. Would you pray with me? Lord, you you know every need that we have. But when we came in today, you knew that this service would be centered around your provision. And Father, it was grace that was awaiting those who came because that's how you work. And Father, we we saw a few requests on a on a board behind us and we've, we know a few needs of people within the church, but Lord, you know every single need and you are very present in each and every one of those situations. And Lord, sometimes we are in a pit and man, sometimes the, the deeper the pit and the longer we're there, the greater the salvation that we get to experience. Father, some are in a pit of their own doing, some are in a pit that others have thrown them in some are we in a pit because they slipped and fell but it's the same God that's going to save us may we as a church as individuals as collective families as a corporate body may we wait patiently for the Lord while we wait we wait knowing you are the one that will bring true deliverance. God, I pray that you would just become very real to those in this room who maybe it's been a while since they felt like they've seen you. I pray that they'd be reminded of your evidence pray that those, Lord, who are still in the pit of hell, they've never been saved from the pit of their sin, I, I pray, God, that they would see that they cannot be good enough to get out of that pit themselves, but that you are so good, you got in that pit to take our place, to redeem us. And Lord, if there's anyone here today who doesn't know you as their personal Savior and as their Lord, God, I pray that they would turn to you today saying, I I have no hope on my own. My only hope is to surrender my life to you, Jesus. Father, I don't know what each person needs, but your grace is sufficient for each one of us. And I pray that as we go through our day, we go through our week, that we are reminded of the salvation that awaits us because of our very good God. When your heads bowed and eyes closed, I, I just want to give you just a moment. Man, would you, if you're struggling right now, would you, would you just take a moment and pray for someone else who may be struggling? Would you pray for someone else who may find themselves in a pit of despair? Would you ask the Lord to work in their life in a very clear way, through grace? And then would you ask the Lord, God, what do you want me to do to step into their lives to sing the song of salvation while they're in a pit? How can God use you while you wait patiently for Him? Lord, we praise you and we thank you for who you are. As that song that we sang, Lord, we need you. We really, really need you thank you for being there for us and the promise that our mercies are awaiting tomorrow morning and your grace is sufficient and our daily bread will be provided by our Father who knows. We love you. Thank you for loving us so clearly.